Open up in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. Amen. Thank you. Are you ready to be encouraged? Now, we have been doing a series on seeing clearly. And this morning is um, not necessarily, well, it, it does flow with that. Um, I've actually entitled my message, Clarity or Confusion. Now, I want to show you a short video clip. Now, I want to prepare you. Uh, I don't want anybody to take offense to it. It is, it is a funny video. Is it okay if we loosen up a little bit? You know, I know the times are very stressful. I know we, we could all be depressed and discouraged and sad and crying all the time, and I'm not making light of that. But you know what? We need to have joy, too. Uh, a merry heart does good like a medicine. And the only reason I'm showing this, not just to be cute or to be funny, but because it, it does fit with my message this morning. And this is just kind of like a, I guess I don't know if you'd call it a parody or just kind of a, a funny take on, um, you know, the different... Uh, the different views that are out there. So just, uh, just make sure you laugh. Uh, make sure you don't get mad or angry and stomp out, but it ain't that bad. Go ahead. same rules right now they're very clear so let's take a minute and let's go over them again first you must not leave the house for leave the house all stores are closed except those that are open and all stores must close unless of course they need to stay open this virus is deadly but don't be afraid of it it can only kill people who are vulnerable and also those who are not vulnerable we should stay locked down until the virus stops infecting people and it will only stop infecting people if enough of us get infected that we build immunity so it is very important that we get infected and also do not get infected you should not go to the doctor's office or the hospital unless you have to go there unless of course you are too sick to go there this virus has no effect on children except for those children in which it affects the virus remains active on different surfaces for two hours or four hours or six hours but in most cases it's days and not hours and it needs a damp environment or a cold environment that is warm and dry in the air unless the air is plastic schools are closed so you need to homeschool your children unless you can send them to school because you are not home if you are at home you can school your children using various portals and online classrooms unless you have poor internet more than one child only one computer or you are working from home baking cakes can be considered math science or art if you are home educating you can include household chores within their education curriculum and if you are home educating you may start drinking at approximately 10 a.m every day if you are not home educating children you may also start drinking at approximately 10 a.m masks are useless at protecting you against the virus but you still need to wear one because it can save lives. And in some cases it may even be mandatory, but also maybe not. You must not go to work, but you can get another job at which point you may go to work. I'll tell you how important it is to go outside and take care of your mental health. There is no shortage of groceries in the supermarket. There are simply many things missing. You don't need to go buy a bunch of toilet paper, but you should buy some in case you need it. If you are sick, you may go out once you are better, but those in your household, they cannot go out once you are better, unless, of course, they need to go out. Animals are not affected by the virus, except for that cat that tested positive in Belgium in February, 
plus a couple tigers. The number of corona-related deaths will be announced daily, but we don't know how many people are infected because we were only testing those who are almost dead to determine if that's what they will die of. The people who die of corona who are not counted won't or will be counted, but maybe not. To help protect yourself during these times, you should be eating well and exercising, but exercising only eating what you have at home to avoid going to the stores unless you need toilet paper or a fence panel. It's important to get fresh air, but don't go to parks, but do go walk in other places. Just don't sit down unless you are old or pregnant but if you do sit down, don't sit for too long. Unless you are old and you are pregnant, in which case you need to sit down. But if you do sit down, don't eat. Unless you've had a long walk, which you are allowed to do if you are old or pregnant, except for times in which you aren't. Don't visit old people. But you have a moral obligation to take care of old people and bring them food and medicine. And finally, no businesses will go down due to coronavirus except those businesses that go down due to COVID-19. I hope this cleared up any questions about what we should and should not be doing during this time. Please educate your friends and family with this information so we can remove any and all confusion surrounding this time. Thank you. Lord, give us clarity. <laughs> I want to look at Daniel chapter 10, verses 10 to 14 this morning. And I want to read the word of God. It says, then suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words." But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I have been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Can we pray one more time? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for godly people, people who love you, who seek you. Thank you for those that are here and they sense a tugging in their heart. They sense your spirit. God, would you continue to draw each and every one of us closer to you today? Give us clarity in the time of such total confusion in our world. We pray for the Holy Spirit. We pray for the word of God to just be quickened in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. There is no end to the confusion in our culture and in our country on almost every issue. Now, please understand, I am your pastor. I love you. I care for you. I pray for you. And I do my best to minister to you. Now, I want all of you to be sensitized to the Holy Spirit and to hear my heart and to hear the word of God this morning. Now, I hope you wore steel-toed shoes. 
because I'm going to step on your toes. And I, I don't think I'm going to miss anybody this morning. So please pray for me. Because I hope after the message you still love me. And not only love me, you like me. But every major issue has become politically charged and dangerously controversial. Not only in this country, but in other countries of the world. We're seeing this. And not only in politics, but in the church. There's confusion, there's anger, there's grief, there's fatigue, there's weariness. I looked up just some of the words that describe our time, 2020, and there was a BBC article, and it says, there's a few words that define the present, coping, hoping, doping, and shopping, no, shopping. <laughs> but coping, hoping, doping, and shopping. That's what people are doing now. But there is such confusion in our country. Republicans versus Democrats. The right versus the left. Conservatives versus liberals. Trump supporters versus Biden supporters. Now please, no hand clapping or no booing or catcall, whatever. But this confusion that's even in our churches. We're divided over political views and cultural movements. We have become divided even in the church. God, please help us. We're divided over political issues. And, and, and let me tell you, there are some of you that could passionately and articulately define your view, and it could sound very good, it could sound very plausible and, and very convincing. And then there is other good, fine Christians in this church, godly people who could take an opposing view and with the same passion, the same conviction, and the same persuasion sound equally convincing. Are you hearing me this morning? Now, the whole, issues, the whole issue of masks have become so divisive in our culture. But not only in our culture, but even in our churches. I received a letter this week from someone who was asking, as a presbyter, what is the assemblies of God, what is their view on masks? But the person wasn't, well, I shouldn't say that. They might be watching. <laughs> they didn't, it was anonymous. And, and I don't read anonymous letters, but this one was typed, came in the mail. I just got back from my trip and I opened it up. And, but anyway, so how am I going to respond to this person? They don't come to our church. But anyway, they asked me this question. They said, what is the Assemblies of God view 
of masks because they're not wearing a mask and told people that they don't need to wear one. He says the, the, the data doesn't support it. Now listen, please understand, I am not speaking for or against. I'm not, I'm not sharing my personal views, but you know as a pastor here, I want to just, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to go to extremes. I'm not going to die on this mountain, so to speak. I'm not going to pound my fist and say, you must wear it or you must not wear it. But I'm going to say as your pastor, because I want to just be safe and be wise, just wear the mask in church. What you do at home, what you do in your personal life, you, you do as you feel. But when you come to church, wear the mask. And we do our part. So those of you that are watching by live stream, I plead with you as your pastor, you need to come back to church. We are doing everything we should be doing as a pastor. I'm just trying to be wise. But we can't be so wise that we, we talk ourselves out of doing anything in life. Of all things, coming to church. Now, on the other hand, I don't want to be foolish and say foolish and outlandish things. Believe me, I have heard so many of, I have, I have godly pastor friends that are all the way over this end. And I have godly pastor friends that are on that end. That have opposing views on all these issues. We cannot start a cultural war in the church. That is not God's will. We are still called to love one another, care for one another, hear each other out, support one another, not try to be so sensational. You know what a lot of it is? We try to be so sensational because we want views, we want followings, we want to make a name for ourselves. We don't want to be middle of the road because we want to, we want to, we want to make a name. We want to be so outlandish. And, and that's what we see in TV. That's what we see in, even in the church world. People have to be so sensational to get likes and views. And that's why the news has got so out of whack. It's no longer objective. It's sensational. Confusion. And, and there's even confusion, as I said, among Christian leaders of Christian ministries and movements across this country. Let me say that again. There are, there's such confusion and division, Christian movements and ministries, and again, some godly brothers and sisters, and I don't say this arrogantly or like I know it all or I'm in any way condescending, but there are some prophetic ministries, prophetic ministries, many credible ministries, many credible godly men who are still prophesying and again please no no response political response but only god knows but still prophesying godly men still prophesying that trump is going to end up reelected now again these are godly men that, that, that in prayer and prayer seeking God have said, you know what, God has showed them Trump is going to win. And the reason why there's such a struggle because there's a battle in the heavenlies. And that very well could be the case. I'm not even going there. But my point is, if it doesn't happen, some godly prophetic men need to humble themselves and say they missed it. Does that, does that make sense? 
And again, I say that humbly, because these are men that, that are more prophetic and, and maybe more knowledgeable and more godly than, than I am, that have had proven, proven ministries, proven prophetic ministries. But if they prove wrong on this, they need to... And again, it's not about the politi- politics, what you believe about Trump or Biden or, or all these issues. It's not about that. It's about the division that we're seeing in the church. But let's look to the scriptures. I want to take a few moments and kind of tie all this together. I've opened up more can of worms than I don't know if I can close. Look to the scriptures. You know, the psalmist said, the entrance of your word gives light. The entrance of Facebook gives light? No. The entrance of Sean Hannity gives light. The entrance of Don Lemon gives light. No. We are God's people this morning. The entrance of thy word. Thy word, O Lord, is settled in heaven forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. The entrance of the word of God brings light. Brothers and sisters, it's not going to be CNN that brings light. It's not going to be Fox News that brings light. It's not going to be social media. I don't care who they are. I don't care how many millions of followers they have. The word of God brings light. Daniel, the book of Daniel shows us I mean, Daniel is a powerful book. It's a prophetic book. I don't claim to understand it all, but, but the book of Daniel shows us that the God of heaven rules on earth, even when earth seems to be chaotic and out of control. Daniel, when he makes reference, listen to this, when he makes reference to God in his book, ten times, ten times, you know how Daniel references God? The Most High. God. The most high God. Ten times he makes reference and four times he calls him the highest one. Why? Because Daniel is living in Babylon and there is a king on the throne in Babylon who's a world ruler and leader who who has conquered the world and brought the, uh, the people of God into captivity, demolished Jerusalem, knocked down the temple. It looks like the plan and the purpose of God has been thwarted. David no longer has a Davidic line. It seems like everything is obscured. It seems like there's no future. There's no hope for the people of God. But Daniel, as a prophet of God, begins to declare, God is still most high. God is still the holy one. God is still the most high God. He is the highest of all. There is no God but Jehovah. The question that Daniel had to wrestle with, uh, he he has been brought into captivity in, 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 in 586 B.C., and here he is in captivity with others uh, uh, from, from Israel. The, uh, others been killed and, 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 and scattered across the face of the earth. And many have been brought to be, to be in captivity, to be slaves in Babylon. And, and, and the question that Daniel has to wrestle is with is, what is God doing? What will be of his, 
of all of God's promises that seem that like they'll never, never be fulfilled? Was God still in control? Was he still involved with his people? We ask some of those same questions today. I want to read something from Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Paul, the great theologian, when he wrestled with theological issues that were beyond his comprehension and his understanding, he would, he would burst out into praise, even though he didn't understand things. Can you burst out into worship and praise even when you don't understand? Even when things are chaotic, even when things are confusion, confusing, even when everything looks uh, paradoxical and, 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 and everything's against you, and can you still worship? Look what, look what Paul does. He breaks out in worship. He says, oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who, who has first given to him that it should be repaid to him? For of him and through him and to him are all things to him. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, Daniel reminds us in the midst of great turmoil and confusion, our God reigns. We can turn to him this morning in faith. We can trust him with our fears. And we can worship in confidence this morning. You see, Daniel lived in a world just like ours. Matter of fact, it was more desperate. I know it's hard to believe, but it was more chaotic, more uncertain, and even more heartbreaking as... as Hard as that might be to, to believe when we think of what we're going through. But Daniel shows that the God of heaven rules on earth even when earth seems to be out of control. Do you still believe God is ruling on earth? Or ruling from heaven, but ruling on earth even when it all seems chaotic. So my question as we just tie this all together in these next few moments is, how did Daniel come to that conclusion? How did he have a steady, sure confidence? Was he superhuman? Did he have a halo over his head, holy, and just kind of glided over the ground? No. He was just like you and I. James, in his epistle in the New Testament, he says that Elijah was a man with passions just like us. He was human, and so was Daniel. So how did Daniel find hope and encouragement? How did he stand when others were falling? Do you know there are a lot of people falling right now? I've talked to pastors. You know there are some people that have not, you know, and I don't want to prophesy this, and I hope this ain't the case for victory, but there are some people that ain't coming back to church even when the pandemic is over. They've just backslidden. They've just given in. They've given up. God help us to stand God will help us to stand when others are falling. Be the one that stands. So how did he do it? And I'm just going to bring this quick, quick. In, in this passage of scripture, look, at, look what it says. Verse 12. The, the angelic uh, uh, messenger said to Daniel, Do not fear, for from the first day you set your heart to understand. How did Daniel make it through 
He set his heart to understand. I want to ask you this morning, have you truly set, set your heart? Have you truly set your heart to to gain spiritual understanding? Now, Daniel, if you remember chapter 1, he was a part of of an elect group that the king was grooming to be leaders, uh, prime ministers, cabinet members, um, uh, the intelligentsia of the whole kingdom. And Daniel was one that was chosen. But there were others that were his contemporaries, others that were uh, astrologers. Um, They were wise guys, I mean wise men. They were sorcerers. They were magicians. They were the counselors of the kingdom. So now now Daniel, what did he do? He sought God. He set his heart. He set his heart to understand what was going on. What he didn't do. Now you've got to understand what he didn't do. What he didn't do was confer with the astrologers. He didn't confer with the other counselors. He didn't turn on the news stations. Oh, I don't know if you're listening to me this morning. He didn't turn on his favorite uh, broadcaster. He didn't go to his his go-to Instagram person. Now, please understand me. I'm not denigrating that or or denying that, but I'm just saying as the people of God, Daniel, you want to be a Daniel? You want to get understanding? You want to know what's going on? Set your heart. Set your heart to know, to understand. Wisdom comes from God. Wisdom comes from the Lord. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. I, I, am, I, am, I am dumbfounded by such a lack of discernment and wisdom in the church as a whole. Not in victory. You are all wise. You take after your pastor. Didn't Jesus say those who are well instructed become like their teacher? But I am, I am just dumbfounded by such lack of discernment in the church. And I believe it's people are well-meaning and, and people are not questioning their godliness. But I, I just believe that, that they're listening to too many voices. I don't care what all the prophets have. No, don't misunderstand me. I, I listen. I, I learn. I hear. But I'm not going to go to all of them to find out, God, what are you saying? I'm not going to prepare my sermon based upon what this pastor, this preacher, this prophet, this guy on Facebook, because he's got a million views or a 10 million views on his, on his broadcast. I want to know myself. I want to set my heart. God is your father. You are his children. He wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. If I listen to all the prophets, I'd be this direction, that, I'd be all confused. I I don't need any help. But Daniel, he set his heart to understand. That's what the angel said. The first day you set your heart. Brothers and sisters, would you set your heart this morning? You know, because, you know, there's, there's two types of wisdom in this world. James tells us there's wisdom from above and there's wisdom from below. <laughs> there's a sermon right there. Where are you getting your wisdom? There's worldly wisdom. And a lot of Christians right now, a lot of some of you this morning, and I love you, but you've got to set your heart to understand 
based upon the word of God. You've got to get your mind out of cultural opinions. You've got to stop checking what, what this person, what this celebrity, what this politician's saying. You've got to stop that. You've got to find out what is God saying. I want to know in these last days, I don't want to be deceived. Jesus said, watch and pray lest you be deceived. Watch and pray lest that day come upon you unexpectedly. Don't you think the devil's at work in this hour? Don't you think he's at work preparing the, or the, for uh, the last times, a one world government, uh, uh, the mark of the beast? Don't you think he's grooming this world? He's the master strategist. But you know what? God gives wisdom. But unless you seek that, you will miss it. And I'm afraid, I, I fear too many Christians are being deceived. Taken up with, with so much. Wisdom comes from God. Regular reading of the scriptures and praying. Every day, and I don't say this obviously boasting, I don't know why I have to even preface it by saying it. But every day, I spend time in the word and in prayer. Not because I'm so spiritual, but because I need God. I've got too many issues. Don't look at me like that, because I, I know your issues. Most of you. No, the reality of it is I know I need God's strength. I need God's grace. I need his healing. I need his renewing. I need his restoring. I need his, his strength. But every day, regular reading, you have to be intentional. You have to have a plan. You have to have a strategy. That's why we sell, not for profit, not as a fundraiser, basically for cost. We sell through the Bible Bibles to help you as a tool. Be intentional. Set your heart. Would you set your heart to understand this morning? Jeremiah 9 tells us, let not the, might, the wise man boast in his wisdom. Don't boast in your own wisdom. Secondly, he not only set his heart to understand, what, is the, what did the angel say? You humbled yourself. God, we need a big dose of humility in our churches. We all need to humble ourselves. Daniel, you know, out of, out of the main Bible characters in the Old Testament, he's one of two, basically, in the Old Testament that there's no sin mentioned. Hello? Right? Daniel, there's no mention of him committing a sin. David, yes. Abraham, yes. Isaac, yes. Jacob, yes. The 12 patriarchs, yes. But, but, Daniel, no. But you would think he wouldn't have to humble himself. But he did. Because none of us, no human being, is beyond humbling themselves. I meet some people, and, I, and I'm just getting to the point, why even argue with them? Because they know it all. They're just too smart. Just too smart. They know it all. Don't even bother. Don't even bother arguing with people when they just start yelling. Because you're not going to get anywhere. But you see, Joe, Daniel knew that he didn't know. Do you know that you don't know? But he knew God knew. So he humbled himself before God. 
and he began to just seek God. But, but humility is so, so critical. I think we come to God with our own agenda. We come to God with our own belief systems. We come to God with our own political views and we want God to back us. God's not taking sides. He's taking over. Do you remember when, when Joshua, just before the, the, the taking of Jericho, uh, he had an angelic visitor and, and, he, and he, asked the, he asked the visitor, he didn't know it was a manifestation of, of God. He said, are you for us or for our enemies? He said, neither. I'm the captain of the Lord of hosts. I'm the, ca- the armies of Israel. You know, he said, listen, I'm not coming to take sides. I'm coming to take over. I'm God. You're not. Some of you need to realize you're not God. God didn't die and leave you in control. And we need to just humble ourselves. Daniel, he humbled himself. And lastly, he prayed and fasted. I'm sure Daniel heard what was being said around him, but he chose not to get caught up in the opinions of man, but he chose to draw close to God. God, speak. God, I humble myself. God, I I want you to renew my mind through your word this morning. You know, there was a spiritual battle, and I close with this. There was a spiritual battle going on that Daniel didn't really fully understand. When the angel came, the angel said, listen, the first day you prayed, I was on my way, dispatched from heaven with an answer. But then there was a spiritual battle. The prince of Persia withstood me. You know, the Bible talks about principalities and powers and spiritual wickednesses in heavenly places. You know, you think the army is, has a hierarchy or, or different spheres of of organizations have hierarchy. The kingdom of darkness has a hierarchy. Spiritual forces. When, when you think the devil's after you, you're not that big. He's, he's over nations. There's demons. There's, there's demonic force. You got little demons chasing you. you got, we got little demons chasing us. The devil didn't take the time out of his day to come after you or me. Sorry. We need to humble ourselves. But But... There was this battle going on, this spiritual battle. And it took another archangel, it took another leading angel to come and shift the balance of power in favor of Daniel, if you will. So what I want to share with you this morning, do you understand that there's a spiritual battle going on? Do you understand whatever the outcome is, and I'm not talking about just the outcome of an election. I'm talking about the outcome of spiritual things, the outcome of souls that are perishing, the outcome of of, of a nation, of nations that need God. I'm not talking about a politician. I'm talking about the balance of power. See, what what was Daniel's breakthrough? What was he really praying for? He wanted to understand the plan and purpose of God. He wasn't praying for a Mercedes-Benz. He wasn't praying for Mrs. Wright to come along. He wasn't praying for a new house. He wasn't praying. He was praying, God, I need, I want to understand what you're doing. You see, as I close, you know what? In our culture, in our government, in our world, the real change is going to happen one heart at a time. When people turn to Jesus Christ in faith and in repentance. When people humble themselves and acknowledge their need of God.
we begin to change culture, not necessarily, laws are important, and I'm not against champion righteous laws, but you know what, you can't legislate morality. You gotta change the heart. And I wanna say this respectfully, and not again making a political statement, we need to understand God can move and God can work no matter who is in the White House. I'm going to say it again for those of you that didn't clap. God can move and God can work no matter if your candidate is in the White House or not in the White House. The issue is not who is in the White House. The issue is in who is in God's house. Some of you might have heard of John Knox. He was the leader of the Protestant Reformation in Scotland, I believe in the 1600s. He became well known for his powerful praying. You might have heard this quote. He once cried out to God, God, give me souls or give me Scotland or I die. That was how passionate of a prayer he was. Give me Scotland or I die. That would be like you or I saying, whatever country we're from, give me America. Give me the souls or I die. Queen Mary of Scotland, who wasn't too um, fond of John Knox, he, she said this, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the assembly, assembled armies of Europe. Why? Because she saw the impact of Knox, John Knox's prayer. From a human point of view, it was the prayer of John Knox that sparked the Reformation in Scotland. His prayers shook the land of Scotland, causing a revival among God's people. Why do I quote, why do I use that, why do I just reference that in conclusion? Is because nothing hinders God from saving. Remember what Jonathan said to his armor bearer when he went up against the Philistines? and it was just them two, he said this, nothing hinders the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. This morning, what I want you to understand, that the issue is God's people setting their hearts to understand, humbling themselves, praying, and fasting. If the Queen of Scotland feared John Knox's prayers, shouldn't we be people who make the kingdom of, God, kingdom of darkness tremble? Make more of an impact. Some of us have put our hope in a president as if they were the savior. There's only one savior. And we this morning, if you would stand together with me, God is going to give you clarity for your confusion. God promises to give wisdom to all that ask him this morning. But you have to set your heart. 
means you have to be intentional. Turn off some of your news feeds. I believe that's wisdom, and I can say that confidently. Turn off some of the news stations. Some of you, if you have the, the news on 24-7, you are filling your ears with, with the opinions of man in fear, fear-mongering. Fill your mind with the word of God and the truth of God. Can we pray this morning? Maybe some of you, would you make a commitment in your heart right now? Come on, this is the call to action. This is the altar call, if you will. Set your heart today to understand, to be a Daniel. If you're a woman, to be a Daniela. But set your heart this morning to understand, God, what is going on in this world? I need your wisdom. I'm going to seek you as my loving heavenly father, as my faithful friend, as my savior. I'm going to humble myself and acknowledge, God, I don't know, just because I've heard of, read a few articles, listened to a few podcasts, I don't know it all. But God, I pray and I seek you today. So, Father, today I just pray that as the hearts of your people turn to you, God, as this morning we respond to the word of God, that you would help us. Father God, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to just pour over this place to solidify the word of God in our hearts. Lord, knock out of our brains folly, God, confusion. Knock out of our brains even that, that propensity to, to be prideful and know it all. God, that we might humble ourselves before you. God, I just pray, Lord, for the Holy Spirit to help us today. God, that we would come out of confusion come into clarity. Father, bless your word to our hearts. Lord, let us walk in truth and righteousness today in humility before our God. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you this morning.